time this morning and each and every person that's here. Um, we know there's no accidents uh, for each person here. They're here for a reason. So we pray you'd speak to them by your Holy Spirit, God, that you'd move. You give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you're trying to show us and that we'd be receptive to that, God, and that you'd be magnified and glorified and lifted high in this place. And that we would all just be so stoked on being able to, to walk with you and be with you and, and uh, be free in you. And that we would just be uh, united together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So like I said, first we're going to start off reading through uh, Palm Sunday text, which is out of Matthew 21. Uh, now it says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, At the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied in a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord has need of them and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, uh, which is from Zechariah 9, 9, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. And um, bears uh, repeating and remembering that this whole cross thing was God's idea. <laughs> like this was, he provided the whole way. And because especially as we get into Good Friday, things start getting crazy and it kind of starts feeling like it gets out of control. Nothing is out of control. Nothing is out of the grasp of God and even the will of God here in this. Uh, so it, here it's, he's saying, I prepared a cult. Don't worry, just go and ask and it'll be given to you and move forward and it'll be good to go. And of course, we see that happen here, verse six. So the disciples went And did as Jesus had commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before them, before and those who followed, cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And and you may or may not know, Hosanna, it's like save like, save us. Like, the Savior is here, right? Um, and so the king is being lifted high, and, uh, and they're so um, giving him glory. Of course, it's, in a sense, in a very uh, humble way, right? <laughs> they're pulling down palm fronds, and they're, they're, he's coming on a, a donkey, and, but it's all part of the plan. And, and so... Uh, which is really cool and it even ties in the savior of the universe. God himself came in a very humble way, born in a manger, right? Um, and then his procession is on the cult of a donkey. And, and then as he goes to the cross, he dies the way the worst sinner, the worst criminal could possibly die, giving us that context and that um, understanding. We are not too big or too high for anything, <laughs> He laid down that foundation. And so they, they said these things and he came into Jerusalem. All the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth, uh, Nazareth of Galilee. 
and um, and we're going to see all the other events are going to start taking place. But it is never outside of what God had intended or planned. Um, what's cool is shifting over to first Corinthians chapter 11 is we get another glimpse of something that was happening at this, at this very week, uh, where we see Jesus instituting the Lord's supper, the Lord's, you know, as we come before the this communion, right? As he's instituting it, we see his intent, his heart. And we start in first Corinthians, uh, chapter 11, verse 17, so that's where we're going to be from this point on verse, verse 17. We're starting in first Corinthians chapter 11. Now in giving these instructions, remember before getting into this, Paul had been speaking about roles for the husband and the wife and uh, the way it all fits in and speaking to order. And, and he was also speaking to um, authority, being able to put yourself under another uh, for the purpose of, of, honoring God, following God, doing what you're supposed to be doing and how that brings glory to God. And we see that we literally see that in Jesus right now, as he's allowing himself to be put into such a horrific seeming circumstance because it's the will of the father. And and we saw last week, he said, if this cup can pass from me, I would be okay with that. And we're going to see that on Friday. If this cup can pass from me, I, I would love that. But nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. Right? He submitted himself to the will of the Father. We submit ourselves to him, and then we submit ourselves to each other in honoring him. So that's kind of where we had left off. Now, uh, verse 17, remember, he's dealing with real issues with a real church. Corinth was a real church, and they had real problems. Part of their problem arrogance, issues with authority, right? like loose living, thinking they can continue on, uh, that their way was okay. They had all the freedom in the world, but they were okay with, with making new rules, common human stuff. They thought they were really smart. They were in a very like wealthy area. They had it all together. You know, and we see a lot of correlations from then and now, but verse 17, he says, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. Um, He's saying, like, you guys come together as a church family, and somehow you guys being together is actually less, you could go away worse than you came. This is not our goal. This is not what we pray for on a Sunday morning at Calvary Carlsbad. God, if they, we just pray that they'd come, and when they would leave, that they'd be worse off than when they came and feel bad, and, and uh, we'll have, no. Obviously, we're praying that God would minister, and that God would move, and that he would be doing things in your life, and, and, uh, and that you'd leave encouraged. Now, there's times when you leave convicted, and that's just okay. That's fine. That's God doing that. And you shouldn't be bummed about that. You should be stoked that God's speaking to you and showing you that there's a problem, right? But this, the problem here was when they were gathering together in Corinth, that it was ending up worse than if they didn't gather. It'd just be better if we didn't even, if you guys didn't even hang out with each other with this stuff going on. That's a bad sign, right? Definitely. Verse 18. First of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. Yeah, there was divisions among them. We've already seen this addressed earlier in First Corinthians, right? There's a, there were issues among them. There was major stuff happening among them. They were saying, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Christ, I'm of Cephas, I, you know, all these different things that divided them, that made them, you know, say, I'm better than you. 
My way is a little bit better than yours. And we know from James chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, it says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Where there is division, there is no peace. Peace is in your life is actually a really good indicator of where you're at. Because <laughs> if you're not feeling peace where you're at, there's like a divine element to that of maybe you're not where you're supposed to be. Maybe God's trying to speak to you. And there's seasons where it's just like, I'm just in the middle of a tumultuous season and, and it's not going to be fun. And I'm not going to wake up and have the birds, you know, bring me my breakfast in the morning. This is just not where we're at today. Okay. And that's okay. And that's life. And, and, and those days are actually pretty often sometimes, right? Where you're like, this, this is a grind and it's a battle. But peace is different than happiness, right? It's deeper than that, right? It's give, it's, it's more, there's more to it. So, and, and so they have found that there's division amongst them because they are all seeking their own. And we're going to see this played out in real life here in in the verses to follow. They're all seeking their own. But really what's cool is in James, same chapter, verses 7 through 10, give us the response and the remedy for this kind of thinking, this kind of living, this arrogant, uh, divisive, uh, selfish living. What are we supposed to do? Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to joy, uh, to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. What it comes, that is all speaking to brokenness. Resisting the devil, turning from the, the way that is causing these problems, these issues, turning away and cutting off the sin, seeing the better way, having your mind fully changed, recognizing how de- desperate you were and how devastated you were by the sin in your life, and then humbling yourself and then him lifting you up. This is where it all starts. Remember, and we've talked about this, revival starts with you. It all starts with you and God before him weeping and repenting and saying, here I am, Lord, take it. And, and repentance is uh, in some ways has become a, um, like I guess a antiquated, <laughs> uh, thing taught sometimes in church because it's like, Jesus loves you. That's all you need to know. No, but the idea is that he loves you so much to save you from yourself. And so let him change your mind. Romans chapter 12, let him change your mind in the way you see things so that you can walk away from that and come to him. So what Paul's trying to do is to stoke this fire in the Corinthian believers to be like, you know what? We're not where we're supposed to be. And we're living in this dysfunction and it just needs to stop. Sometimes when you're living in dysfunction, you don't really even realize you're living in it until somebody else points it out, right? Like, this is how I do it, you know? I put that there, and I leave it there, and that's what I do, and then this goes here, and that goes there, and you're like, this is not efficient. Let's change it. This happened this week. Billy said, the kitchen is not efficient. There is a bunch of, there's not enough counter space. There's a bunch of people doing different things, and we need more counter space. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, we don't have more counter space. And he's like, no, 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 there's a fix. And so we, we start pulling things out, moving things around, and all of a sudden there's more counter space. And you go, huh, that was interesting. I did not see that. 
probably because I don't use the counter space all that often, right? I'm just not like moving from, I don't need to go from each counter to counter, you know, but the bagels that we have every Sunday, thank you, bagel people, right? Does John and Sharon, Karen, share you, there's a crew, Jim and Melody. Hey, you know, thank you guys. We love those bagels, but they're in there producing that, making that happen. And we have a communion. What happens when they're on the same Sunday? There needs to be function. And so dysfunction becomes very obvious when it's put under pressure, there's something wrong here. Well, no, that's the way we've always done it. Just leave it. Don't, don't, don't. The picture's holding the wall up. Don't touch the picture. It's really important there, you know. And you pull off the picture and you find out your wall color used to be different. You're like, hmm, I didn't know. We are dirty people, aren't we, huh? No. But there's, it's so easy to live in that way, and you kind of get used to it, and it's no big thing. And then all of a sudden, it's like, what is that thing there? So Paul's trying to say, listen, guys, you can do better. You can live better. You can be a better example. And by the way, you guys are representing Christ. You, you should be better. He's living in you. This should be happening and changing in your life. So let's just get rid of this junk and keep going. All right. Verse 19. There must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Now, there is also divisions that take place that God can use for the good. You're like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It, it, a lot of times when people like to divide, they will divide everywhere they go and they kind of divide themselves right out of the kingdom, right? They find themselves constantly like, if you can't find any good church, then maybe you just should start one and it'll be perfect, right? No, because you're never going to find a perfect one. But if you can find someone that's teaching the word of God and you, and you can, re- you know, recognize that and, and be in fellowship with one another and, and, you know, where all the main stuff is happening, where we're, there's a love and there's a, a fellowship, but it's all centered around what Jesus did on the cross. And then there's opportunities to grow and all these different things. But sometimes people divide and divide and divide. And, and sometimes you'll see people go and you're like, oh, man, I wish they wouldn't have gone. But you find out that they divided themselves away and, and God used it to purify and to cleanse. Not even to say that they're all bad, but to prove, okay, hey, these are the approved. <laughs> you may be able to see it. That the, those who remain or those who uh, maybe And it's not like you should always stay in a situation if it's bad. But a lot of times people who are unhealthy will do unhealthy things and eventually, in a sense, weed themselves out, which is unfortunate because we, would all, we are all unhealthy at times. God wants us to grow and to move through that. And one of the best things we can use in our life to help us grow is people that can call us on things, right? <laughs> or can speak into things or they can say, you know what, that picture probably doesn't need to be there. You know, that, that, that thing in your life that you like always go to and, and you say is your great labor, can you, you could probably just give that up and just leave it, right? And just walk on from there. But if you keep on removing those people from your life, um, it's to your detriment for sure. 
Verse 20, therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. So, we're speaking of the Lord's Supper. Hopefully no one's going to get drunk here uh, during the Lord's Supper this week. But, um, no, this speaks to what it was like, especially in the early church. So, Lord, when they would do this, they'd gather together, and it wasn't necessarily in a church setting like this, but it was at meals. It was when they were hanging out together, these kind of love feast, fellowship style meals, which by the way, something this church does very well, right? We have our, our we're going to have our Easter brunch and please come and enjoy that. I know there are some great cooks in this church and they bring it, especially on Easter. Okay. So I was talking to Lucas about it before announcements on Friday. And he says, it was insane last year. <laughs> yeah. He's like nodding his head. We're salivating. We'll get the big plates, you know? But so that's something that we do, and, and, and it come the beginning of June, we're going to start doing barbecues, and there's going to be barbecues out here, and then uh, the next week, we'll start beach nights, and a lot of times, we get to eat there together, and we have potlucks, and you, there's just a lot of that kind of stuff that... Uh, it's like a family thing that's so good to be together. It was the same back then, and they would just, they would remember what Jesus did, and they do it together, and of course, they used wine, and there was the bread, and it was unleavened bread, some sort, Middle Eastern bread, matzah, kind of whatever, we have that here. And they would do that in remembrance. But what happened was, they're all meeting together, hanging out together, much like, think about Jesus, like the Last Supper, right? Where they're all on the one side of the table. What a creepy situation that would be, huh? You know, like, if you, we always say when, when you're at, like, a restaurant, and two people sit next to each other, you call them same-siders, and he's like, don't do that, you know, because it makes everyone else feel a little bit uncomfortable. Just kidding. You can do that. It's not a big deal. But you go, oh, it's same-siders. They're sitting in the same side. If that's you guys, once again, this ain't the gospel. This is me talking. And you're like, I don't like that. Tough. Okay. No. But imagine if you said, let's go to, we're all going to go to eat somewhere like, I don't know, BJ's Pizza or something. And we would like 30 chairs all on one side of the table. Um, so they're like, that's, so it's like seating for 60, um, but it's only one side. Yeah, one side. We're going to take a picture later. And we want to make sure that it's just perfect for the picture. That's not what was happening. In fact, uh, those type of meals back then, they, they kind of like lay down and eat. And it would take a long time. And, and it would be, once again, meals were very culturally uh, important to them. Harder to prepare, right? And, and to have a bunch of people together, it was like, it was a big deal. So they would come together, and what would happen is, as they were going to uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper and, and to do this in remembrance of Him, people would jump in line, eat all the bread, and drink all the wine. Well, <laughs> that's what they would do. <laughs> and they would, it, was, it was making a mockery of the Lord's Supper with their selfishness, right? Remembering, hey, this is all about me. I'm making it all about me with their selfishness. And it had become something different altogether. Meeting was a, it was about, it was like a potluck, right? It was about being together and, and, and experiencing this together. And they were taking advantage of the provisions provided for themselves to get drunk. And to fill up. Well, that's, that's, uh, Paul obviously has an issue with that. He's like saying, it, uh, when you guys come together in one place, it is not to eat for the Lord's Supper. It's about something else. It's about stuffing your face. 
right? And you got to know the kind of situation you're going to when you're going somewhere. Like, what kind of a party is this, okay? If it is, if it is just appetizers, you need to eat beforehand, okay? Because otherwise, you are going to be very disappointed or everyone will be disappointed in you, right? Oh, pigs in a blanket. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, oh, I'll just take the whole one, you know, like no need, you know, you just start grubbing down on that. What's that one? Oh, that one's made with, is that one made with croissants? I've never had that kind before. They're like, oh, you know what? Let's not, you know, like, oh, oh, we have some vegetables. Okay. That one can go. Um, I'll share. Let's share. No, I'm just kidding. Vegetables are good. They're good. Um, but you, you got to know where you're going. Right. And so, uh, that's why I kind of like to let people eat before me. You think, oh, how humble of pastor. I want to know how much food's left afterwards, and then I can have what I want to eat, right? Otherwise, you better just do a little bit. Okay, a little bit, a little bit. Let's be dainty. Let's be dainty. Okay, you know, and then, then you're judging everyone who's got a lot on their plate when they're early in the line. But if you go at the end, no one can say anything, right? As long as you don't take seconds before you get – that's a whole nother level, Okay. I've, I've had to pull youth leaders aside at camps before for this, you know, like they jump in line, they eat before the kids and then they're getting seconds before the rest of the leaders. And you're like, Oh, you need to come here now. You know, like you have any idea what you're doing. I haven't even had first yet, man. Yeah. Granted my first will look like your seconds, but your first and seconds combined anyway, but you got to know where you're going, right? And what, what you're there for. It, this was, it, it was less about even really about, I mean, it is about this, but it's about their attitude of putting themselves first. The issue of the meat, right? They were willing to offend others as long as I get my way. They were willing to, to you know, destroy their reputation by living like, like lives that are, were sexually like twisted because it doesn't matter about you. It's about me. And believe me, I know, I know Jesus. Okay. You know, I'm saved by grace. Ever heard of grace? You know? So they, that was a issue with the church. And so you can't be surprised when you see an issue manifest itself in a hundred different ways. Now we've got to be aware enough and open enough to the spirit of, of the Lord to, to see it in our own lives when that one thing is manifests itself again and again and again and again to go, what is that about me that that keeps happening, right? Like the, you hear people who say, I just don't want drama. And all they have is drama around them. They do want drama. They are drama. They are walking drama, right? If their whole life is drama, then that's probably what, maybe there's some exceptions to that, but right? You guys know these people? I just don't want any drama in my life. You live for drama, that's why it is what your life is, right? <laughs> don't say you don't want it because you do. You live for it, right? You know, anyway, whatever. But it comes, to, rain falls on the just and the unjust. But take it for yourself though, right? If you have a problem with everyone, if everyone in the whole world is, is, is like wrong, maybe you're the one that's wrong. Maybe it's you. Just take that into consideration. Corinthian church, for your own good, understand you are selfish little brats. You're very, very like the God's done a lot of cool stuff in you. And it's amazing that a church has been established there, but you will, your growth will be stunted by this. So don't let it happen. Move forward. Don't let this stuff control you and take you down. So he said that, so that's what he says. So, um, 
they took advantage of the Lord's Supper and they took it as provisions. But he says, what, do you have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. So he's saying, you might as well just come full, okay? This isn't about you. It's about him. Like, why do you despise those around you? Why do you not care about those around you? What is it about you that makes you think you're the center of the whole universe? Well, as long as I get it, that's all that matters. We are living in these, these times right now, aren't we? Selfishness, right? And, and if we're honest, we all have a little bit of it in us. Maybe a lot of it, Right? You got to be honest with yourself, and sometimes you don't realize it because you get become the world's best lawyer in your own head about why it's okay for you to do the things you do and why it actually makes sense. So were they, but can I tell you that all that stuff in your head does not make sense to someone looking from the outside? They just see it for what it is. Oh, all your justification, all your, all these things that you've said to appease yourself, to be okay in this situation, in that situation. None of those things matter to the world around you. They see it for what it is. It's very obvious to them. You're just selfish. You can call it what you want. You can say, oh, it's because of this and it's because of that. Well, it's just selfishness and that's all there is to it. So Paul's like, I can't praise you in this. Verse 23, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And then when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And obviously, we're going to be looking at this again on Friday. He says the same, that was the... It, 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 Remember what I did not bring, make this up. Paul is very clear. Uh, and he says this again and again, all throughout scripture. I did not make any of this stuff up. None of this stuff is, is mine for you. I'm delivering to you, which I received. Okay. Right. He says the same thing about the gospel. I'm not giving you a new gospel. I'm giving you the gospel. I received. I'm, I'm not making this. This is not like Paul's gospel. It is the gospel. I'm not giving you like some new twist and, you know, hey, make sure you say, give me some credit that this is Paul's, right? You know, like it's always like, like a little pathetic when you're like, see somebody, no, I mean, I'm sorry. Maybe I shouldn't even say that, but like where you're like, someone just is dying for credit for everything. You're like, just leave it alone. What does it matter? It's not about you, you know, like just let it go. It's about him. And so he says here, this is what I deliver to you. This is, this is what Jesus himself did. The same night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so what did he do? He, he, he brings it back to the bread and he takes this and sorry, this was someone's piece. I got the perfect one. It's really good. Um, but he takes, took this or flat. it doesn't necessarily have to be like this. It could have been soft or whatever, but it, it was probably had some brokenness to it. Some pit, pits to it, especially if it was unleavened, some, some marking on it. And he says, you see this thing right here? Yeah, it's just bread, right? No, it is not just bread. 
It's more than this. And, and really what he's doing is he's, it's the Passover and he's going to bring a whole new twist to the whole thing. And we're going to see when it gets to the blood, he's going to really reveal what it's all about. He says, you see this right here? This right here is my body. Take it and eat this, my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember this when you're together. Remember this. And, and by the way, I thought this was just worth noting. This doesn't have to be the only place you take communion. Okay? What about if you have a family taking it with your family? That's a cool thing, right? To like to be able to do that with them. And these supplies were bought at Stater Brothers, okay? So you can do that. It's it's doable. <laughs> it doesn't even, I mean, what does it matter? But it's like, you, you can do this with your family. And, and, but the whole point of it is not a religious ritual, but to remember what really did happen. That Jesus really did come and he really did submit himself to the will of the Father, which was to save mankind who mocked and scourged him. <laughs> he gave his body up for us. We have a hard time giving time up. What about a body? your body? You know what I mean? It's, it's just, this is, it, here it is. Do this. Remember, for me, it was broken. It was pierced. It was marred. It was a command. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took also the cup after supper. And then we have the cup, right? And we have grape juice and it's Welch's and it's good. Very good. It's Concord grapes, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know if it's organic. Here it is. It's not much. And he says, here you go. Here's the cup, right? And it wouldn't necessarily be one of these little cups. They didn't have these back then, I don't believe. But they would have probably shared from the same cup, right? The same loaf, the same cup, or the same bread in the same cup. And he says, see, this, take this, the cup. He says, the cup, uh, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, now, do you know what he said here? And the audacity. What is a covenant? What is a covenant? The covenant is, it was made between man and God. An appeasement, a deal. And uh, here is the, the, the way it works. This is how we get along. This is how we will uh, be able to engage with one another. And we saw covenants being made. And if you've been doing the reading through scripture, you see uh, through the Bible and you see walking through the animals and, and it's like all split. And the covenant was like this huge deal of God meeting with man. And Jesus had the audacity to say, this is the new covenant. I've got a new one for you. This right here represents it. Probably good to remember this, isn't it? <laughs> the blood of Jesus. If, again, if you've been reading through the, you know, went through the Pentateuch, it is all about blood, isn't it? I mean, that whole, it is all about blood and, and the life is in the blood and there's no covering of sin without the blood. And so he says, with my blood, I choose to set up a new covenant. And the reason I could do that is because I'm God. And the reason why that stands is because I have been able to live this perfect life and have been able to re- meet the required standards of being perfect before a perfect and holy God. So my blood covers you. This is the new covenant. Whoa. And they're probably all sitting there going, what? 
Because the Passover, they'd have different types of, you know, cups of wine that would represent all these different things. He says, yes, yes, yes. This is so much better than that. (laughs) What is Passover anyway? Passover was God saving his people in the midst of death looming about, right? And it was blood that covered the doorposts. It It was a picture of what was to come. That was Christ. It was really good news. So he says, this is the new covenant. This is, this is the new covenant, my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. You see the importance of communion? Because if we forget this, we, forgot, we lost everything. That's just man trying to appease God again. It's all about again and again and again, remembering what he did. And it's so easy for us to move away from the gospel message, which is so simple, and start diving into all these little side issues that kind of came off the gospel, but became, they're the secondary things that we make into the primary things, and we start majoring in the minors, and what happens? Before you know it, the church is all screwed up, we're all screwed up, we're twisted up, not good. And he says, um, for, uh, he, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Now that's interesting to, the word to proclaim is, is like preach. So each person in here, as we do this in remembrance of him, we are basically our lifestyle is preaching the good news of the gospel. Like as we do this, so there's going to be a preaching going on here in a few minutes of the good news, a proclaiming of the good news of the gospel, that we are all partakers of it. And we recognize that we are nothing without that body and that blood that's been shed for us. The new covenant. Can I tell you, there is no better news in all the world than the new covenant. Right? (laughs) There is no greater news you could find anywhere in the universe throughout all of eternity was what happened on that cross some 2,000 years ago. But he says, therefore, uh, uh, therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. You're like, "Uh uh-oh, am I doing this in an unworthy manner, right? Are my hands wrong? (laughs) Am I sitting in the wrong seat? Someone sat here. I got here late. Someone's in my seat. Uh, So I feel like this might be an unworthy manner at this point, right? We all get used to our seats, don't we? Yes. I don't have one. But I'm used to being here. It makes sense to me. Um, I'm just kidding. It was a joke, but a bad one. Um, but it, this is heavy, and it's, it really it doesn't speak to a worthy manner in the sense of, like, you make sure you're worthy before you come before. No, 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 no. You, you're not worthy. Like, let's just get that down. You are not worthy, right? That's the whole point, right? You are not worthy. You couldn't do it on your own. But it's, it's saying, take it seriously. Like these people were taking it and saying, oh, check out the free alcohol, you know. Again, no alcohol here, okay. Um, so you can't, you know. <laughs> it's juice. But you get, they, they would say it and they'd be like, oh, cool, man. Who cares about you, dude? I'm taking on the party, dude. Jesus is a party. He's my best friend, man. You know, I'm just going to go for it. That's an unworthy manner. You're not taking it seriously. And, and again, it's not like this drawn out thing where you're like, Oh, Oh Lord, you, you know, and I'm like, you have to weep before you do it, but it's in remembrance, remembering what he did. It's with the holiness and sought like a, uh, like your heart is, is sincere before him. But verse 28, but let each man examine himself. And so let him 
eat of the bread and drink of the cup. You know, just recognizing our need for him. It, it doesn't have to be like a, you know, a thing where you're like feeling so bad about yourself, but it's, it's that you're feeling so stoked for what you have in him and the changes that he's made in your life and saying, God, you've done so much. You're doing so much. I just want that to continue. And so let me just continue to live in this. Thank you. And here's the stuff that I'm struggling with. I laid it down again at your feet, remembering full well that your blood already covered it and let's go forward. I don't want anything between me and you. Verse 29, for he who drink, eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. Uh, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Now we know there were some serious times, especially in the early days, it seemed like right. Ananias and Sapphira, right. They came and they were part of the body and, and, and they, but they lied about the land, right. They were lying about how much they had held back and, and there was issues there and, and God wasn't going to be mocked about it. We, I, I don't, I don't doubt that they were saved, right? I I think they were, I really probably believe they were saved. Is it possible for a a Christian to lie? Can we, yes, yes, right? Can we all be a little honest here for a second? You liars, right? You know, because we're lying if we're saying we're not, you know? But it's, that's a possibility or to embellish or act like you did a little more than you did. But there was like a holiness at, 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 Attached to it, right? And we see that. We see that some people are stunted because their lack of ability to chasten themselves, that maybe it doesn't go as long as it should in their life, right? Because God says, all right, you know what? That's not going to go. It's not going to work. And so I think everyone who's sick or everyone who that's because of sin, that would be way off too. But the fact of the matter is he takes it seriously and so should we. The, the whole point here is, is to take this seriously and then judge ourselves. If there's something wrong here between you and me, God, let's fix it. Let's not allow this to continue. Let's not think we're going to be okay and it, it can continue on and I'll just deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. There's an urgency to dealing with it and saying, all right, Lord, here you go. That's the moral of the story. Judge yourself. Don't like that way. He doesn't have to chasten you in that way, right? Let your conscience and, and God speaking to you have effect in your life. Therefore, you're like, I am so scared to take communion this morning, right? You shouldn't be. That's not what it's about, right? You know, like if, I mean, unless you take all of these and you just start downing them because you're like, I'm so thirsty, right? You know, that's, even then I think God would be pretty gracious about that. But the idea is, is it's a, it, you're not taking it for what it is. And, and if, that's why we say, if you're not a believer, you know, I, I don't full on think that you're going to, all these horrible things are going to happen to you. If you don't, we know Judas definitely was partaking of communion, Right. He was there at that table at the Lord's Supper, the first one. And I think that there's a, also a uh, not knowing what's going on or what you're doing. And, but there, for us in, in 2019, where we don't really take anything seriously, you know, everything is, is kind of like, eh, no big deal. Like, I'm cool. Like, everything's fine. It is a good reminder for us to, to, to remember God's holy and he's not mocked. You do not mock God. There's a holiness there. Verse 33. 
Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest when you come together for lest, lest you come together for judgment, and the rest I will set in order when I come. So he's like saying, like, come with the right hunger. Come with a hunger for God, not a hunger for food. You better eat first and then come. Come with the right mindset. Don't be there to fill your belly. You're there to be filled spiritually and to, to bring that back into understanding. This is, this, is, this is important for us to remember. Don't just don't, don't come in with the wrong mindset and the wrong attitude, the wrong heart. And of course we can all do that. It's easy to do, but this had become a practice with them. And you got to wonder what the rest is that he says that I will set in order. If this is the stuff he would say, what else would he not say? Right? Could you imagine Paul's just like, all, Oh, and there's more, but I'm going to save that for later, which is the worst thing you could possibly hear. Right. I'll wait till I see you guys again. Um, then I'll talk to you about that. So, <laughs> but he, he's, he's, he's laying it all out before them. And it's such a good reminder. What a on unbelievable blessing we have here in, in celebrating the Lord's supper and celebrating the body and the blood of Jesus, his body being pierced, his body being broken crushed for our, for us, for us. And then his blood, the cup, speaking to new life, the sacrifice above all sacrifices that was able to, because of that sacrifice, because of his position, because of who he was, because of what he had accomplished, all the things we could never, was able to set up a new covenant. And we glory in that new covenant. This whole week is all about that. And it's going to be a good week, isn't it? Can I ask you guys, as we come before this, if you just take it seriously before the Lord and just lay it out. Even the things that you kind of keep around, just lay it out. We all have those things. Lay it out before him. And then can I also encourage you this week, just be praying for this Sunday. This, not just this church. Friday, Sunday, all the churches in the area that are preaching the good news of the gospel, that many would come in and they'd be saved by this good news. That God would move mightily in this week to come and you get to be a part of it. So join in. Like I think Lucas mentioned, like come early, come be a part of it. Serve with us. Like be, do it, do it with us. You know, like be a, it's so much fun to be a part of something, right? To do it with somebody else. And so come be a part of that and, and watch God move. See what he does. Join us in prayer. Join us in, in putting some, some hand to the plow and let's do it together. But let's, let's first, we're going to have, come up, have the worship team come up, and we're going to um, have a song, open time of communion. All of these things in mind, the cup, the bread, the body, the blood, and take it back before your seat and remember really what happened on that cross and what happened three days later, that, that, that resurrection from the dead makes us alive in him. Isn't that good news? Lord, so we thank you, God, and we praise you, God, for what you did, God. And we don't want to take...